1: Isn't the heart and mind of Christ to come and and find out what the situation, to find the truth rather than a third party understanding or misunderstanding of a situation? See, the mind of Christ comes to reconcile. The mind of Christ isn't to gather a weapon and to go to war. This altar, it it wasn't at the tabernacle, and that posed a really big problem for the Israelites on on the west of the Jordan. Today, Pastor
0: David will look at the Israelites in Joshua chapter 22 and the miscommunication that took place regarding the altar that was built. The Israelites responded strikingly similar to that of people today, acting upon the witness of a third party source. How often do you act unjustly because of a rumor that may have been spread? As Christians, our witness for Christ is always on the line. So even our response to information is important. Challenge yourselves to live at peace with one another. Now here's Pastor David with today's message entitled, A Dangerous Misunderstanding.
1: Have you ever been misunderstood? I mean, have you ever done anything that you wanted to do the right thing, but somehow some way it was totally misunderstood and friends or family members, they suddenly take you the wrong way. They misunderstand either your action or your intent and you're just thinking, how in the world did it get this mixed up? I wanted to do the right thing. Well, that's what we're looking at tonight, actually, in Joshua chapter 22. I want to invite you to take and uh, turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 22. You know, When it happens with friends and family members, it seems to hurt even more. Uh, you kind of figure that people ought to know your heart. You know, family members, friends, they, they ought to know your heart. And when a family member or a friend misunderstands you and suddenly they peg all the way to the negative by whatever you've said or whatever you've done, man, that just that just cuts to the very, very core of our being. And we understand that uh, they, they accuse you of something that you either didn't do or they totally misunderstood something that you did do. And if that's never happened to you tonight, well, don't check out of the study, okay? Because I guarantee you it will happen to you. Okay? And you need to know how to how to deal with that situation. Rather you are the misunderstander or the misunderstandee, either side of it. You need to know how to handle this and how to deal with it. So we come to Joshua chapter 22. It's a place, again, where the uh, conquest of the land, pretty much the major portions of it had already been conquered. Most of the enemy had been defeated by this time, yet there were still uh, uh, some of the enemy that was there. The Lord didn't clear all the enemy out. The tribes were settling in, as we looked at a couple of weeks ago, the, the tribes were settling into their appointed areas of, of where they're going to be living. And it was time now, as things were settling down, for the tribes of Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh to go back across the Jordan to the eastern side and go back and settle into their lands. To help you kind of see the, the picture or to help set the stage of all of this, if you're in Job chapter 22. That's a great place to be. We'll eventually get there. But right now, uh, if you would, turn back to Numbers chapter 32, Numbers 32, to kind of see uh, how, did, how did this all come about here. Now, remember, the situation in Numbers is they... They were still in the wilderness. They had not even come close to coming to the promised land. and uh, But they were talking about going into the promised land. They'd come up into that area, but they weren't about to cross over at this point in time. In chapter 32, we read that those three tribes, they were already looking to settle into that area on the eastern side. Listen to it as we read it in Book of Numbers chapter 32. The children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of livestock, and when they saw that the land of Jazar and the land of Gilead, that indeed the region was a place for livestock, the children of Gad and the children of Reuben came. They spoke to Moses, to Eleazar the priest, and to the leaders of the congregation, saying, that um, all of this countryside over here which the Lord has defeated before the congregation of Israel is a land of livestock and your servants have livestock therefore they said if if we found favor in your sight let this land be given to your servants as a possession and, and don't take us over to the Jordan now you need to understand that where was the land of promise the other side of the Jordan okay But they saw something that that looked more interesting to them, something that they felt that they knew better than God did. Now, I know that none of you have ever been in that situation in your own personal life before, but um, I've been there once or twice today. Sometimes we we think that we know better than what God is doing, and we have plans and, and desires. Well, they said, you know, we'd just soon stay here. And verse six says, and Moses said to the children of Gad, to the children of Reuben, shall your brethren go to war while you sit here? In other words, we're gonna go into that land eventually. There's there's gonna be the giants and the walled cities. And you're saying, you're not going to go across. No, that's not going to happen. He goes on to tell them, uh, he says, now why will you discourage the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord has given them? That's exactly what your fathers did when I sent them away from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. Remember the the spies that went in. They said, no, we don't want to go over there. We're going to stay over here. Verse 9 says, for when they went out of the valley of Eskel and saw the land, they discouraged the heart of the children of Israel so that they did not go into the land which the Lord had given them. So the Lord's anger was aroused on that day and he swore an oath saying, surely none of the men who came up from Egypt from 20 years old and above shall see the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because they have not wholly followed me except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kinezite, and Joshua, the son of Nun. For they have fully followed the Lord." So the Lord's anger was aroused against Israel, and he made them wander in the wilderness 40 years till all the generation that had done evil in the sight of the Lord is gone. And look, you've you've risen in your father's place. You're a brood of sinful men to increase still more the fierce anger of the Lord against Israel. For if you turn away from following him, he will once again leave them in the wilderness, and you will destroy all of these people. There's a couple of ways that we could look at this, and I've heard messages both ways. Uh, number one, of falling short really of, of that promise of God, and it's really easy to look at this and say, yeah, they, they stopped short of the fullness of the promise, but then the other side is as we look at the story, we see that for them, they were willing to go in and fight. They were willing to fight the battle. They were willing to go in with their brothers and go against the enemy. It wasn't that they were fearful. It's just that they saw the land they understood. So I don't want to be too hard on them because listen to what they said to them, or said to uh, Moses. Verse 16 says, they they came near to him and said, look, we'll build sheepfolds here for our livestock, cities for our little ones, but yet we ourselves will be armed. We're ready to go before the children of Israel until we brought them to their place and Our little ones will dwell in the fortified cities because of the inhabitants of the land. We will not even return to our homes until every one of the children of Israel has received his inheritance, for we will not inherit with them on the other side of the Jordan and beyond because our inheritance has fallen to us on this eastern side of the Jordan. Then Moses kind of understood what's going on here. He said to them, If you do this thing, if you arm yourselves before the Lord for war and all your armed men cross over the Jordan before the Lord until he has driven out all of the enemies from before him and the land is subdued before the Lord, then afterwards you may return and you'll be, what does it say? Blameless before the Lord. So how easy it is for us to suddenly stop and say, oh man, they're falling so short of what God has promised. But Moses says, no, if you do the right thing, you can have this land you'll be blameless it won't be that big of a deal is it easy to misunderstand people even when they want to follow the right way they want to do the right thing and suddenly it's not the way that i would have done it so it's got to be wrong right moses telling you'll be blameless before the lord and before israel and this land shall be your possession before the Lord, verse 23. But if you do not do so, then take note. You've sinned against the Lord and be sure that your sin will find you out. So go ahead, build cities for your little ones, folds for your sheep, and do what has proceeded out of your mouth. So the children of Gad and the children of Reuben spoke to Moses saying, your servants will do as my Lord commands. Our little ones, our wives, our flocks, all of our livestock will be there in the cities of Gilead. But your servants, we will cross over every man armed for war before the Lord to battle just as my Lord said and so Moses gave the command concerning them to Eleazar the priest to Joshua the son of Nun to the chief fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel so it was all okay that's what they were going to do. Moses had set them up for this now, actually years prior to the events that we're going to be reading about in Joshua. So this was already the, the set deal. As a matter of fact, the stipulation of Moses' agreement with them was even reiterated by Joshua way back in Joshua chapter one. Turn there with me, if you would. Joshua chapter one. In Joshua chapter 1, Joshua understood. He said, hey, we're getting ready to cross over. I know you guys' land is uh, here on this side. But listen to what he says down in verse 10. Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, pass through the camp. Command the people, saying, prepare provisions for yourselves. For within three days, we're going to cross over this, Jordan. We're going to go and possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Then in verse 12, he says, To the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half tribe of Manasseh, Joshua spoke, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is giving you rest and is giving you this land. Your wives and your little ones and your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before your brethren armed all your mighty men of valor and help them until the Lord has given your brothers rest as he gave you. And they also have taken possession of the land, which the Lord, your God is given them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses, the Lord's servant gave you on this side of the Jordan toward the sunrise. So that's the situation. That's the setup. The men, the, the warriors of Gad and Reuben and the half tribe of Manasseh, they had fought all through this campaign as they've gone through and Remember, Jericho and Ai and all these other cities that they had to do battle with. They fought against giants. They fought against walled cities. They fought all these different campaigns as they've gone through and they split into the middle of the land and took cities there. They went to the south, took cities and villages there, and then to the north, and then they started dividing out the land. So relative peace now is at hand and it's now time for them to go back and get settled into their land. And as I said, most of the enemies had been conquered. Most of them now had had been done away with. There were still some there, but it was relative peace in the land. So now we come to Joshua 22. And Joshua now blesses these two and a half tribes and he allows them now because everything's pretty settled in. He allows him to go back across to the eastern side of the Jordan. So you should be in Joshua chapter 22. Joshua chapter 22. Then Joshua called the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh. He said to them, You've kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, and you've obeyed my voice in all that I commanded. You've not left your brethren these many days up to this day. You've kept charge of the commandment of the Lord your God. And now the Lord your God has given rest to your brethren as he promised them. Now, therefore, return and go to your tents and to the land of your possession, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the other side of the Jordan. So he's saying, okay, you you kept your end of the deal. You've done what you said that you would do. Now it's time for you to go on back. God has blessed them. They've got their land. You've got your land. It's time to go back. But he sends them back with this warning. Verse 5. He says, as you go back, cross, take careful heed to do the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. And what were those commandments? He didn't break out the Ten Commandments, did he? He spoke to them in a very practical, logical way. He said, love the Lord your God, to walk in all of his ways, to keep his commandments, but to hold fast to him and to, to serve him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. And so Joshua blessed them and sent them away and they went to their tents. And again, we see this division of the land east of the Jordan, as well as Joshua now gives them permission for them to take the spoils of the battles. Remember, they they were in the battles with these guys, so they were able to share some of the spoils that they had had. We see that now in verse seven. It says, so now the half-tribe of Manasseh uh, Moses had given a possession of Bashan. To the other half of it, Joshua gave a possession among their brethren on this side of the Jordan. So Manasseh is split, two sides, one side on the eastern side of the Jordan, one side on the western side. And indeed, when Joshua sent them away to their tents, he blessed them, he spoke to them, "'Return with much riches to your tents, "'with very much livestock, with silver, with gold, "'with bronze, with iron, with very much clothing.'" He said, go ahead and d- divide the spoil, for the spoil of your enemies with your brethren. And so the children of Reuben, the children of Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they returned. They departed from the children of Israel at Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan, to go to the country of Gilead, to the land of their possession, which they had obtained according to the word of the Lord by the hand of Moses. Now, at this point in time, everything is running very smoothly, Everything is going great, you know, everything is going according to, you know, plan and not always do plans work out the way that we want them to work out because there's going to be a change. There's going to be a change that's going to come about not because of a bad thing, but because of a misunderstood thing that takes place. What does verse 10 say? Says that when they, speaking of the two and a half tribes, Gadites, Reubenites, and the tribe of Manasseh, when they came to the region of the Jordan, which is in the land of Canaan, the children of Reuben and the children of Gad, and the tribe of Manasseh, they built an altar there by the Jordan, a great and impressive altar. Let me ask you this real quick Is building an altar? a bad thing. Just think about that for a moment. And before you answer, think back all through the Old Testament of how many altars were built, how many memorial altars, how many different things that they they had done all through this time. Now, we know that there is now one altar of sacrifice, and that was there in Shiloh at the tabernacle. We know that. We understand that. But the historians, the Bible scholars say that where the tribes of Gad and Reuben and Manasseh crossed back over was actually in the area uh, near Gilgal, very possibly. And even Joshua had built an altar, a memorial altar, near Gilgal, again, just declaring the, the faithfulness of the Lord. It's interesting, too, that when we see this, they're building this altar, and at this point in time, we don't know anything about this altar. If all we had was verse 10 there, all we would know is there's an altar, a very great, a very impressive altar. It was a, it was a very big one. One author has said that uh, here we see the, these Transjordan tribes build a, a large altar. It's imposing size, visible from afar. It explains the significance of this altar to the west of the Jordan, In the first place, it was erected west of the Jordan by the tribes that are living on the east side of the Jordan. And actually, it was emphasizing something that these tribes on the east side of Jordan really wanted to affirm in their own life, in their own testimony. They wanted to affirm their unity with these tribes on the west side. Otherwise, why wouldn't they have built it on the east side? If, if I was breaking away from you guys, I wouldn't you know, keep my car parked at your house. You know? uh, you know, I, would, I would move it. They wouldn't have built the altar on the west side, but they did. And so again, right there, you see that they wanted to show a unity with the rest of the nation. They wanted to, again, also show their loyalty to God who gave them this land. And yet, to have that built you know, in, in another area, say if it was built on the east side, how easy it would have been to forget about those on the west side. My parents, when we moved to Arizona, uh, we did a regular, you could call it a pilgrimage, okay? Uh, go back to Louisiana to see family there to keep that heritage as part of us. And then when we uh, were married and had our children, we did our regular trips back there to keep that as part of our heritage. No. And I, I see this where they built this altar, not on the east side where they live. No, they, they built it on the west side. And they built it big enough that they could see it from a a long way away. It wasn't something, you know, a few little stones down on the ground, but it was, as it says, it was a very large, it was a great, impressive altar. I believe that, again, they did that very, very purposefully. They had a right action because what they wanted to do is remind themselves that they were part of the other tribes, that they were all together as the nation of Israel. Look at verse 11, verse 11 says, now the children of Israel heard someone say, behold, the children of Reuben, the children of Gad and the half tribe of Manasseh, they built an altar on the frontier of the land of Canaan in the region of the Jordan, but they did it on our side. It says they did it on the children of Israel's side. Wait a minute, weren't the children of Gad, the children of Reuben and the half tribe of Manasseh? Weren't they part of the family? Weren't they part of Israel? So who really is at fault here at this point in time? Suddenly they've cut them off. They did that on our side, when in actuality, they were part of us anyway. Verse 12 says, when the children of Israel heard it, the whole congregation of the children of Israel gathered together at Shiloh to find out why they built the altar. That's not what it says, is it? The very first thing that came to mind, we'll take care of those guys. We'll, we'll fix that, we're gonna go at war. The very first thing, I, when, I, when I see this thing, first of all, it starts out, we heard somebody say, and so now we're gonna go to war. Has that ever happened to you in your life? Or somebody heard something about you and suddenly they got all mad at you about something? How about, have you ever heard something from somebody and you got mad at somebody because of something that somebody else, maybe that's too close to home. Again, we look at this, rather they built it on the Eastern side or the Western side. I don't think that's the deal. But when I look at the fact that they say they built it on our side and they were ready to go to war right away regardless of where it was built, to the children of Israel, they had built an altar that was completely separate and apart from the altar that was at Shiloh. Okay, so I can understand that. I can I can gather that. But wouldn't, let's bring it into today's situation. Situation happens that, that we hear of. Isn't the heart and mind of Christ to come and, and find out what the situation, to find the truth, rather than a third-party understanding or misunderstanding of a situation. See, the mind of Christ comes to reconcile. The mind of Christ isn't to gather a weapon and to go to war. This altar, it it wasn't at the tabernacle. And that posed a really big problem for the Israelites on, on the west of the Jordan. It appeared to them right away that these two and a half tribes as they went on over, they, that they were shifting their worship. They, they weren't gonna be worshiping the Lord God with them anymore. And automatically, they jumped to conclusions. They, at best, they were gonna worship God apart from them. At worst, they were gonna start worshiping these idols.
0: Most of us have heard the story of the walls of Jericho falling down. We remember this story from Sunday school. This is just one of many events David will be bringing fresh insights to as we study the book of Joshua together. We're sure today's message has been a blessing to you. Maybe you'd like to get a copy of today's message. Here's Tracy with all the information you need.
1: Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God by hearing from Him. To hear more encouraging words from God's Word through the ministry of Pastor David, go to TheOpenWord.com and click on the teachings page.
0: Thanks, Tracy. Again, to secure your own copy of today's message, simply log on to TheOpenWord.com and select the teachings page. You can also give us a call if you'd like. That number to call is 520 836 9676. That's 520 836 9676. Another option to get in touch with us is to send us an email. Our email address is info at theopenword.com. Once again, you've been listening to The Open Word with Pastor David Landry of Calvary Chapel in Casa Grande, Arizona. In the next edition of The Open Word, David will continue teaching through the Word of God. So please make plans to join us again and may God richly bless you.